Section 12 of the Aeneid. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Aeneid by Virgil. Translated by J. W. McHale. Chapter 12. Book 6. The Vision of the Underworld. Part 2. This realm rings with the triple-throated baying of vast Cerberus, couched huge in the cavern opposite, to whom the prophetess, seeing the serpents already bristling up on his neck, throws a cake made slumberous with honey and drugged grain. He, with threefold jaws gaping in ravenous hunger, catches it when thrown, and sinks to earth with monstrous body outstretched, and sprawling huge over all his den the warder overwhelmed aeneas makes entrance and quickly issues from the bank of the irremeable wave immediately wailing voices are loud in their ears the souls of babies crying on the doorway sill whom torn from the breast and portionless in life's sweetness a dark day cut off and drowned in bitter death Hard by them are those condemned to death on false accusation. Neither indeed are these dwellings assigned without lot and judgment. Minos presides and shakes the urn. He summons a council of the silent people and inquires of their lives and charges. Next in order have these mourners their place whose own innocent hands dealt them death, who flung away their souls in hatred of the day. How fain were they now in upper air to endure their poverty and sore travail. It may not be. The unlovely pool locks them in her gloomy wave, and Styx pours her ninefold barrier between. And not far from here are shown stretching on every side the wailing fields. So they call them by name. Here they whom pitiless love hath wasted in cruel decay hide among untrodden ways shrouded in embosoming myrtle thickets not death itself ends their distresses in this region he discerns phaedra and procris and woeful eriphile showing on her the wounds of her merciless son and evadne and pacify laodamia goes in their company and she who was once kineus and a man now woman and again returned by fate into her shape of old among whom dido the phoenician fresh from her death wound wandered in the vast forest by her the trojan heroes stood and knew the dim form through the darkness even as the moon to him who sees or thinks he sees her rising through the vapours he let tears fall and spoke to her lovingly and sweet alas dido so the news was true that reached me thou didst perish and the sword sealed thy doom ah me was i the cause of thy death by the stars i swear by the heavenly powers and all that is sacred beneath the earth unwillingly o queen i left thy shore but the gods at whose orders now i pass through this shadowy place this land of mouldering overgrowth and deep night the gods commands drove me forth 
nor could i deem my departure would bring thee pain so great as this stay thy footstep and withdraw not from our gaze from whom fliest thou the last speech of thee fate ordains me is this in such words and with starting tears aeneas soothed the burning and fierce-eyed soul she turned away with looks fixed fast on the ground stirred no more in countenance by the speech he essays than if she stood in iron flint or marpesian stone at length she started and fled wrathfully into the shadowy woodland where Sicius, her ancient husband responds to her distresses and equals her affection yet aeneas dismayed by her cruel doom follows her far on her way with pitying tears thence he pursues his appointed path and now they trod those utmost fields where the renowned in war have their haunt apart here tedeus meets him here parthenopeus glorious in arms and the pallid phantom of adrastus here the dardanians long wept on earth and fallen in the war sighing he discerns all their long array glaucus and medon and thersilochus the three children of antenor and polyphetes ceres priest and idaeus yet charioted yet grasping his arms the souls throng round him to right and left nor is one look enough lingering delighted they pace by his side and inquire wherefore he is come but the princes of the grecians and agamemnon's armies when they see him glittering in arms through the gloom hurry terror-stricken away some turn backward as when of old they fled to the ships some raise their voice faintly and gasp out a broken ineffectual cry and here he saw deiphobus son of priam with face cruelly torn face and both hands and ears lopped from his mangled temples and nostrils maimed by a shameful wound barely he knew the cowering form that hid its dreadful punishment then he springs to accost it in familiar speech deiphobus mighty in arms seed of teusa's royal blood whose wantonness of vengeance was so cruel who was allowed to use thee thus rumour reached me that on that last night outwearied with endless slaughter thou hadst sunk on the heap of mingled carnage then mine own hand reared an empty tomb on the roetian shore mine own voice thrice called aloud upon thy ghost thy name and armour keep the spot thee o oh my friend i could not see nor lay in the native earth i left whereto the son of priam in nothing o oh my friend wert thou wanting thou hast paid the full to deiphobus and the dead man's shade but me my fate and the laconian woman's murderous guilt thus dragged down to doom these are the records of her leaving for how we spent that last night in delusive gladness thou knowest and must needs remember too well when the fated horse leapt down the steep towers of troy bearing armed infantry for the burden of its womb she in feigned procession led round our phrygian women with bacchic cries herself she upreared a mighty flame amid them and called the grecians out of the fortress height then was i fast in mine ill-fated bridal chamber deep asleep and outworn with my charge and lay overwhelmed in slumber sweet and profound and most like to easeful death 
meanwhile that crown of wives removes all the arms from my dwelling and slips out the faithful sword from beneath my head she calls menelaus into the house and flings wide the gateway be sure she hoped her lover would magnify the gift and so she might quench the fame of her ill deeds of old why do i linger they burst into the chamber they and the aeolid counsellor of crime in their company gods recompense the greeks even thus if with righteous lips i call for vengeance but come tell in turn what hap hath brought thee hither yet alive comest thou driven on ocean wanderings or by promptings from heaven or what fortune keeps thee from rest that thou shouldst draw nigh these sad sunless dwellings this disordered land in this change of talk dawn had already crossed heaven's mid-axle on her rose charioted way and happily had they thus drawn out all the allotted time but the sibyl made brief warning speech to her companion night falls aeneas we waste the hours in weeping here is the place where the road disparts by this that runs to the right under great Dissa city is our path to elysium but the leftward wreaks vengeance on the wicked and sends them to unrelenting hell but deiphobus be not angered mighty princess i will depart i will refill my place and return into darkness go glory of our people go enjoy a fairer fate than mine thus much he spoke and on the word turned away his footsteps aeneas looks swiftly back and sees beneath the cliff on the left hand a wide city girt with a triple wall and encircled by a racing river of boiling flame tartarian phlegathon that echoes over its rolling rocks in front is the gate huge and pillared with solid adamant that no warring force of men nor the very habitants of heaven may avail to overthrow it stands up a tower of iron and tisiphone sitting girt in blood-stained pall keeps sleepless watch at the entry by night and day hence moans are heard and fierce lashes resound with the clank of iron and dragging chains aeneas stopped and hung dismayed at the tumult what shapes of crime i hear declare o maiden or what the punishment that pursues them and all this upsurging wail then the soothsayer thus began to speak illustrious chief of troy no pure foot may tread these guilty courts but to me hecate herself when she gave me rule over the groves of avernus taught how the gods punish and guided me through all her realm Nocian Radamanthus here holds unrelaxing sway, chastises secret crime revealed, and exacts confession. Wheresoever in the upper world one vainly exultant in stolen guilt hath till the dusk of death kept clear from the evil he wrought. Straightway avenging Tisiphone, girt with her scourge, tramples down the shivering sinners, menaces them with the grim snakes in her left hand, and summons forth her sisters in merciless train. 
then at last the sacred gates are flung open and grate on the jarring hinge markest thou what sentry is seated in the doorway what shape guards the threshold more grim within sits the monstrous hydra with her fifty black yawning throats and tartarus's self gapes sheer and strikes into the gloom through twice the space that one looks upward to olympus and the skyey heaven here earth's ancient children the titans brood hurled down by the thunderbolt lie wallowing in the abyss here likewise i saw the twin aloids enormous of frame who essayed with violent hands to pluck down high heaven and thrust jove from his upper realm likewise i saw salmoneus in the cruel payment he gives for mocking jove's flame and olympus's thunders borne by four horses and brandishing a torch he rode in triumph midway through the populous city of grecian elise and claimed for himself the worship of deity madman who would mimic the storm-cloud and the inimitable bolt with brass that rang under his trampling horse-hoofs but the lord omnipotent hurled his shaft through thickening clouds no firebrand his nor smoky glare of torches and dashed him headlong in the fury of the whirlwind therewithal titios might be seen fosterling of earth the mother of all whose body stretches over nine full acres and a monstrous vulture with crooked beak eats away the imperishable liver and the entrails that breed in suffering and plunges deep into the breast that gives it food and dwelling nor is any rest given to the fibres that ever grow anew why tell of the lapithae of ixion and pirithous over whom a stone hangs just slipping and just as though it fell or the high banqueting couches gleam golden pillared and the feast is spread in royal luxury before their faces couched hard by the eldest of the furies wards the tables from their touch and rises with torch upreared and thunderous lips here are they who hated their brethren while life endured or struck a parent or entangled a client in wrong or who brooded alone over found treasure and shared it not with their fellows this is the greatest multitude of all and they who were slain for adultery and who followed unrighteous arms and feared not to betray their master's plighted hand imprisoned they await their doom seek not to be told that doom that fashion of fortune wherein they are sunk some roll a vast stone or hang outstretched on the spokes of wheels hapless theseus sits and shall sit for ever and phlegeus in his misery gives counsel to all and witnesses aloud through the gloom learn by this warning to do justly and not to slight the gods this man sold his country for gold and laid her under a tyrant's sway he set up and pulled down laws at a price this other forced his daughter's bridal chamber and a forbidden marriage all dared some monstrous wickedness and had success in what they dared not had i an hundred tongues an hundred mouths and a voice of iron could i sum up all the shapes of crime or name over all their punishments thus spoke phoebus's long-lived priestess then but come now she cries 
haste on the way and perfect the service begun let us go faster i descry the ramparts cast in cyclopean furnaces and in front the arched gateway where they bid us lay the gifts foreordained she ended and advancing side by side along the shadowy ways they pass over and draw nigh the gates aeneas makes entrance and sprinkling his body with fresh water plants the bow full in the gateway now at length this fully done and the service of the goddess perfected they came to the happy place the green pleasances and blissful seats of the fortunate woodlands here an ampler air clothes the meadows in lustrous sheen and they know their own sun and a starlight of their own some exercise their limbs in tournament on the greensward content in games and wrestle on the yellow sand some dance with beating footfall and lips that sing with them is the thracian priest in sweeping robe and makes music to their measures with the notes sevenfold interval the notes struck now with his fingers now with his ivory rod here is teucer's ancient brood a generation excellent in beauty high-hearted heroes born in happier years ilus and assaracus and dardanus founder of troy afar he marvels at the armour and chariots empty of their lords their spears stand fixed in the ground and their unyoked horses pasture at large over the plain their life's delight in chariot and armour their care in pasturing their sleek horses follows them in like wise low under earth others lo he beholds feasting on the sward to right and left and singing in chorus the glad paean cry within a scented laurel grove whence eridanus river surges upward full volumed through the wood here is the band of them who bore wounds in fighting for their country and they who were pure in priesthood while life endured and the good poets whose speech abased not apollo and they who made life beautiful by the arts of their invention and who won by service a memory among men the brows of all girt with the snow-white fillet to their encircling throng the sibyls spoke thus and to museus before them all for he is midmost of all the multitude and stands out head and shoulders among their upward gaze tell o blissful souls and thou poet most gracious what region what place hath anchises for his own for his sake are we come and have sailed across the wide rivers of erebus and to her the hero thus made brief reply none hath a fixed dwelling we live in the shady woodlands soft swelling banks and meadows fresh with streams are our habitation but you if this be your heart's desire scale this ridge and i will even now set you on an easy pathway he spoke and paced on before them and from above shows the shining plains thereafter they leave the mountain heights but lord anchises deep in the green valley was musing in earnest survey over the imprisoned souls destined to the daylight above and haply reviewing his beloved children and all the tale of his people 
them and their fates and fortunes their works and ways and he when he saw aeneas advancing to meet him over the greensward stretched forth both hands eagerly while tears rolled over his cheeks and his lips parted in a cry art thou come at last and hath thy love o child of my desire conquered the difficult road is it granted o my son to gaze on thy face and hear and answer in familiar tones thus indeed i forecast in spirit counting the days between nor hath my care misled me what lands what space of seas hath thou traversed to reach me through what surge of perils o my son how i dreaded the realm of libya might work thee harm and he thy melancholy phantom thine o my father came before me often and often and drove me to steer to these portals my fleet is anchored on the tyrrhenian brine give thine hand to clasp o my father give it and withdraw not from our embrace so spoke he his face wet with abundant weeping thrice there did he essay to fling his arms about his neck thrice the phantom vainly grasped fled out of his hands even as light wind and most like to fluttering sleep meanwhile aeneas sees deep withdrawn in the covert of the vale a woodland and rustling forest thickets and the river of lethe that floats past their peaceful dwellings around it flitted nations and peoples innumerable even as in the meadows when in clear summer weather bees settle on the variegated flowers and stream round the snow-white lilies all the plain is murmurous with their humming aeneas starts at the sudden view and asks the reason he knows not what are those spreading streams or who are they whose vast train fills the banks then lord anchises souls for whom second bodies are destined and due drink at the wave of the lethean stream the heedless water of long forgetfulness these of a truth have i long desired to tell and show thee face to face and number all the generation of thy children that so thou mayest the more rejoice with me in finding italy o father must we think that any souls travel hence into upper air and return again to bodily fetters why this their strange sad longing for the light i will tell rejoins anchises nor will i hold thee in suspense my son and he unfolds all things in order one by one first of all heaven and earth and the liquid fields the shining orb of the moon and the titanian star doth a spirit sustain inly and a soul shed abroad in them sways all their members and mingles in the mighty frame thence is the generation of man and beast the life of winged things and the monstrous forms that ocean breeds under his glittering floor those seeds have fiery force and divine birth so far as they're not clogged by the taint of the body and dulled by earthy frames and limbs ready to die hence is it they fear and desire sorrow and rejoice nor can they pierce the air while barred in the blind darkness of their prison-house nay 
and when the last ray of life is gone not yet alas does all their woe nor do all the plagues of the body wholly leave them free and needs must be that many a long ingrained evil should take root marvellously deep therefore they are schooled in punishment and pay all the forfeit of a lifelong ill some are hung stretched to the viewless winds some have the taint of guilt washed out beneath the dreary deep or burned away in fire we suffer each a several ghost thereafter we are sent to the broad spaces of elysium some few of us to possess the happy fields till length of days completing time's circle takes out the ingrained soilure and leaves untainted the ethereal sense and pure spiritual flame all these before thee when the wheel of a thousand years hath come fully round a god summons in vast train to the river of lethe that so they may regain in forgetfulness the slopes of upper earth and begin to desire to return again into the body anchises ceased and leads his son and the sibyl likewise amid the assembled murmurous throng and mounts a hillock whence he might scan all the long ranks and learn their countenances as they came now come the glory hereafter to follow our dardanian progeny the posterity to abide in our italian people illustrious souls and inheritors of our name to be these will i rehearse and instruct thee of thy destinies he yonder seest thou the warrior leaning on his pointless spear holds the nearest place allotted in our groves and shall rise first into the air of heaven from the mingling blood of italy silvius of alban name the child of thine age whom late in thy length of days thy wife lavinia shall nurture in the woodland king and father of kings from him in alba the long shall our house have dominion he next him is procas glory of the trojan race and capus and numitor and he who shall renew thy name silvius aeneas eminent alike in goodness or in arms if ever he shall receive his kingdom in alba men of men see what strength they display and wear the civic oak shading their brows they shall establish nomentum and gabii in fidena city they the collatine hill fortress pomatii and the fort of inuus bola and cora these shall be names that are now nameless land nay romulus likewise seed of marvos shall join his grandsire's company from his mother ilia's nurture and assaracus's blood seest thou how the twin plumes straighten on his crest and his father's own emblazonment already marks him for upper air behold o son by his augury shall rome the renowned fill earth with her empire and heaven with her pride and gird about seven fortresses with her single wall prosperous mother of men even as our lady of berecynthus rides in her chariot turret crowned through the phrygian cities glad in the gods she hath borne clasping an hundred of her children's children all habitants of heaven all dwellers on the upper heights hither now bend thy twin-eyed gaze behold this people the romans that are thine here is caesar and all iulius's prosperity that shall arise under the mighty cope of heaven here is he 
he of whose promise once and again thou hearest caesar augustus a god's son who shall again establish the ages of gold in latium over the fields that once were saturn's realm and carry his empire afar to garamant and indian to the land that lies beyond our stars beyond the sun's year-long ways where atlas the sky-bearer wheels on his shoulder the glittering star-spangled pole before his coming even now the kingdoms of the caspian shudder at oracular answers and the meotic land and the mouths of sevenfold nile flutter in alarm nor indeed did alcides traverse such spaces of earth though he pierced the brazen-footed deer or though he stilled the erymanthian woodlands and made lerner tremble at his bow nor he who sways his team with reins of vine liber the conqueror when he drives his tigers from nias's lofty crest and do we yet hesitate to give valour scope in deeds or shrink in fear from setting foot on ausonian land ah and who is he apart marked out with sprays of olive offering sacrifice i know the locks and hoary chin of the king of rome who shall establish the infant city in his laws sent from little cures's sterile land to the majesty of empire to him tullus shall next succeed who shall break the peace of his country and stir to arms men rusted from war and armies now disused to triumphs and hard on him over-vaunting ancus follows even now too elate in popular breath wilt thou see also the tarquin kings and the haughty soul of brutus the avenger and the faces regained he shall first receive a consul's power and the merciless axes and when his children would stir fresh war the father for fair freedom's sake shall summon them to doom unhappy yet howsoever posterity shall take the deed love of country and limitless passion for honour shall prevail nay behold apart the decii and the drusi torquatus with his cruel axe and camillus returning with the standards yonder souls likewise whom thou discernest gleaming in equal arms at one now while shut in night ah me what mutual war what battle lines and bloodshed shall they arouse so they attain the light of the living father-in-law descending from the alpine barriers and the fortress of the dweller alone son-in-law facing him with the embattled east nay o my children harden not your hearts to such warfare neither turn upon her own heart the mastering knight of your country and thou be thou first to forgive who drawest thy descent from heaven cast down the weapons from thy hand o blood of mine he shall drive his conquering chariot to the capitoline height triumphant over corinth glorious in achaean's slaughter he shall uproot argos and agamemnonian mycenae and the achaeans own heir the seed of achilles mighty in arms avenging his ancestors in troy in minerva's polluted temple who might leave thee lordly cato or thee cossus to silence who the gracchan family or these two sons of the scipios a double thunderbolt of war libya's bale and fabricius potent in poverty or thee serranus sowing in the furrow whither whirl you me all breathless o fabii 
thou art he the most mighty the one man whose lingering retrieves our state others shall beat out the breathing bronze to softer lines i believe it well shall draw living lineaments from the marble the cause shall be more eloquent on their lips their pencils shall portray the pathways of heaven and tell the stars in their arising be thy charge o roman to rule the nations in thine empire this shall be thine art to lay down the law of peace to be merciful to the conquered and beat the haughty down thus lord anchises and as they marvel he so pursues look how marcellus the conqueror marches glorious in the splendid spoils towering high above them all he shall stay the roman state reeling beneath the invading shock shall ride down carthaginian and insurgent gaul and a third time hang up the captured armour before lord quirinus and at this aeneas for he saw going by his side one excellent in beauty and glittering in arms but his brow had little cheer and his eyes looked down who o my father is he who thus attends him on his way son or other of his children's princely race how his comrades murmur around him how goodly of presence he is but dark night flutters round his head with melancholy shade then lord anchises with welling tears began o my son ask not of the great sorrow of thy people him shall fate but show to earth and suffer not to stay further too mighty lords of heaven did you deem the brood of rome had this your gift been abiding what moaning of men shall arise from the field of mavos by the imperial city what a funeral trail shalt thou see o tiber as thou flowest by the new-made grave neither shall the boyhood of any ilian race raise his latin forefathers hope so high nor shall the land of romulus ever boast of any fosterling like this alas his goodness alas his antique honour and right hand invincible in war none had faced him unscathed in armed shock whether he met the foe on foot or ran his spurs into the flanks of his foaming horse ah me the pity of thee o boy if in any wise thou breakest the grim bar of fate thou shalt be marcellus give me lilies in full hands let me strew bright blossoms and these gifts at least let me lavish on my descendant's soul and do the unavailing service thus they wander up and down over the whole region of broad vaporous plains and scan all the scene and when anchises had led his son over it each point by each and kindled his spirit with passion for the glories on their way he tells him thereafter of the war he next must wage and instructs him of the laurentine peoples and the city of latinus and in what wise each task may be turned aside or borne there are twin portals of sleep whereof the one is fabled of horn and by it real shadows are given easy outlet the other shining white of polished ivory but false visions issue upward from the ghostly world with these words then anchises follows forth his son and the sibyl together there 
and dismisses them by the ivory gate he pursues his way to the ships and revisits his comrades then bears on to caeta's haven straight along the shore the anchor is cast from the prow the sterns are grounded on the beach end of section twelve